0: between sundays <laughs> wow <laughs> i'm tyler and if you tell me to go to a place where they grind my father's bones and cut out my tongue i'm turning tail to tarshish too wow barry's here to tell us about anti-hero jonah but before we pick them up and throw them into the raging sea now that they've stopped being the chief bad guys looming in the north let's welcome in our favorite co-host Marin and barry good day guys good Day. there
1: was so much a lot in, in there. there
0: and also
2: it's not Grinding, they don't grind your father's bones. They make you grind your father's bones. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I was weeping uncontrollably.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that was turning different. tail to Tarshish 2. That was well I done. need some big ups for that. Did
1: you practice that a lot?
0: No, that was the first time I ever tried it.
1: Turning tail to Tarshish
0: 2. Cut out my tongue. I'm turning tail to Tarshish <laughs> 2. <laughs> wow. Guys, Hello what's there. new? Hi. What,
1: what is what's new? new? We, I'm Maren? always looking at you first because that's the way it goes. I do have a what's new, but my what's new, I'm sure, is Tyler's what's new as Wait. well.
0: Pro- Tyler, I'm, I don't know. I'm tired. Oh, oh, yeah, you do it.
1: Well, we both have that thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm not a nap person.
0: Yeah.
2: I don't nap well. I don't recover well from naps. Is it because you, you like wake up and you're just in like a nap hangover for I'm hours? Just yeah. Take a little snooze. I- what? Oh, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> do it again. I'm just going to take a little snooze. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one. Was that Jonah asleep in the yeah. hold while the storm that was going? Perfect. Yeah. You would have wow. thought that I
1: set that up on purpose. I'm just going to take
2: a little snooze. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember that. That's really funny.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that's what happened. So I did. Well, I helped with YouthCon yes. Friday and yes. Saturday, as did Tyler. It's a young
2: man's game. It is a yeah. young Man.
1: man's game. It, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't nap. Normally when I wake up from a nap, I feel like my veins are full of sand. I just feel just so sluggish. Your veins are full of sand. I can't fight myself. I can't fight my way back from a nap. So yesterday uncomfortable. (laughs) Yesterday we we went out to lunch after church, had a nice little family lunch. And then Desi, who does not often volunteer to hang out
0: with me. Oh.
1: (laughs) She was like yeah, so mom, um, is there like anything you wanted to do today?
0: Wow, just wow, really? Like, did she do something wrong?
2: I'm,
1: I'm so like,
0: excited. <laughs> I was gonna say, is that a red alert? Like, <laughs> yeah. oh no! I was,
1: I was so excited, but also just devastated because of all of the days for me to tired. feel like I just had zero energy to do anything, you know. But I gotta, I gotta seize hey, the opportunity
2: yeah, when it comes my way. So what do. Really you guys <laughs> Took naps. We did. Did you? We did. Hey,
0: that sounds delightful.
2: Oh, she,
1: I think she was just as tired as I was. And we sat on the couch and we were talking about the things that we could do with the possibilities. Mm. And while we were discussing the possibilities, we both fell asleep and all we did was sleep together on the couch that's for cute. like a couple of hours. That's how we what, hung
2: out. Who even needs to talk? <laughs> right? Yeah. That counts. You
0: say enough that's just great. by being together.
1: I'm just saying that's what that's what's new. I'm tired. You're tired. And I just haven't so thought myself haven't uh, fought my way back.
0: Friends of the pod, what YouthCon is?
1: Um well it's our youth convention essentially. We did one in I want to say the winter. Yeah, it was so February. Because I was gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this was YouthCon 2. And this was like <laughs> where- it, In the I same in year. The, back in the day, we would have called it like a lock-in or something, right? Sure. But like Even the kids we didn't, didn't spend the night in yeah. the building. Yeah. Anyway, but the kids take over the entire building. They take over, you know, the lobby and they play games there. And then they take over the auditorium and they have their services They were there. everywhere. They were literally everywhere.
2: Is it- Lots of them. Just me or is- being in the youth group at church so much cooler now than it was yeah. growing up. Like, I, yeah, the, the idea of having a silent disco. Yeah. That oh, that my sounds like the yeah. coolest thing. I've, and I'm like, what did I, what did we do? Have like ice cream? You know
1: what we did? What did we want? We, we, we played
0: dodgeball. We or something. played
1: Chubby Bunny. Oh,
0: <laughs> that's what, we that's did. what I was thinking when I, because I was there too. I was at YouthCon too. And, uh, I was at YouthCon too, too. And, uh-huh. uh, Tatarshish, sorry. <laughs> and i was watching these games that they're playing and i'm like where was this when i was uh like people were putting various liquids in a cup and and another kid had to drink it yeah it was like
1: or stuffing marshmallows into your mouth and making you say chubby bunny
0: the games we played it was like like i remember kids coming up in a line and doing mouthwash and then spitting it into a cup and then passing the cup and they do the mouthwash and then they spit it out. And then they pass the same cup what? all the way down the line. And the last kid drinks it. No, oh!
1: no, that, that is was, not a game you played. It was a different time. Hey, it was <sighs> the 90s. It was a different
2: time. Did you hear the 30 hour famine when we did yeah. it here? Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: You ever hear about that? Oh yeah. I know it was a church thing. It was I a very ch- church.
2: Church might've done it. It, You like fast for yeah. oh, 30 hours. And it, yeah, yeah I vividly remember that was, that was our version of like <laughs> youth con. Let's just not
0: eat for 30 hours.
1: Party. Yeah. Jaden said that Tyler, you walked past him and you asked, uh, do I look sore?
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I didn't know if I looked the way I felt because I, I, I usually, when I get sore, I usually wake up sore. Mm. Like I'm not sore when I go to bed, but when I wake up, it's like, oh, oh it's, man. Yeah.
1: The day after the day after but is the worst.
0: I felt I was alive and awake <laughs> and up and at him, and I felt my Body getting sore. Yeah. Like I didn't have to do the sleep part. I I've, I was feeling the soreness come.
1: So you, you were on the worship team. I was yeah. not on the worship team. I was helping behind the scenes, but yeah. you were at your tender young age doing
0: <laughs> the jumping. Yeah. The leaping. So I used to do that <laughs> about 10 years ago. I was doing it like every week at yeah. Merge and I was asked to do it for the first time in 10 years. I was asked to do it for this. And I was like, all right, cool, yeah. And little did I know, music has changed. <laughs> the, the youth is into different music than what I remember. And so, me with my little acoustic guitar, I was only good for about one fifth of the songs <laughs> before you had to start getting. Yeah, rowdy, before I had to put it down jumping. and then start jumping and running around the stage and my knees. <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> Gives you a whole new level of respect for those yeah. like rockers that keep doing concerts well into their old age.
0: He partied wow. hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I did that too. Yeah. It was, it was good. Um, I I'm confused why we did it twice in one year, but mm. aren't they trying to like switch up the, the like routine so that it'll
2: happen. YouthCon will happen in the fall and then yeah. there'll be like a winter retreat in the, February but we just the only way to get to that and still have something in the fall was to double it up this year yep I think that's the case kind of like the way we're doing the musical we're not gonna have a musical
1: right (laughs) until next (laughs)
2: fall to get it because we had one in
1: February right yeah right right
2: uh Barry what's new with you well I nothing as exciting as YouthCon (laughs) also can Amy set it up in the service, but never explained what a silent disco is. She said you have to ask and the, did the we. children. Well, and
1: you just referenced it.
2: I know. So yeah. I feel like it's worth telling people what that is. Cause it, it was. Okay. Well, I, I was
1: there. Were you there?
2: No. My okay. wife was there as well. Yeah. So yeah, you stayed. <laughs> I mean, no wonder your blood is sand <laughs> or whatever you said. I'm going to stab myself with a machete and then I will die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite soundbite of all yeah. time in space. Um, no. So my, team the production team was there from seven in the morning until roughly 10 15 p.m so we, we were just there all day yeah by the time we finished resetting up the chairs in the auditorium and cleaning the stage and peeling stickers off the back of chairs in the yeah. auditorium by the time we finished cleaning up it was like 10 15
0: right. And Which at is that time point, no,
1: you may as well. No, you may not as well. You <laughs> may as well duck in and check out what everybody's talking about. I mean, it was like the buzz around the building was like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, you need to go see this silent disco. Silent disco. Is that what they called it? I think so. So you go in and you get these wireless headphones. Yeah. And there are three stations that are being played through the wireless headphones. And each station- God rules. There's like a, there's like LED lights or something on the outside of the headphones themselves. Mm -hmm. So if I was wearing headphones that were glowing red, you would know that I was listening to a Taylor Swift song. And if I was wearing headphones that were glowing blue, you would know I was listening to a different song. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And so
1: you would go and find like your tribe.
0: But we wouldn't play Taylor Swift, only Christian music.
1: Okay, so <laughs> there was Taylor
0: yeah. Swift being played. Is what I. And we're it. having
1: a resurrection go. party in here. <laughs> <laughs> the kids were having fun. The kids <laughs> are all right. Um Yeah, you'd go. You'd find the person or the the, the large group of people yeah. who were rocking out to blue or to red oh, or to you yeah. green. You'd find them. and you'd... then, but you sing it out out loud. Mm-hmm. So I walked into the room without wearing cool headphones, and I just heard this like <laughs> cacophony choir of so many kids, like a hundred <laughs> kids or something, each of them singing a different song yeah. at the top of their lungs and dancing. So you're dancing to the music that you hear yeah. in your headphones. Yeah. Um, it was in the West, what mm-hmm. do we call this, it? Student ministry. Just
2: on my phone, Liv sent me a video. Oh, of there you, go. This is, you can hear kind of what it's like. You get it. Jesus. But, yeah. Dance with Jesus. Yeah, Some, that's somebody somebody Christian who loves music. Them. Right,
1: right. With somebody who loves But it's them. just like a bunch Jesus. of people
2: screaming. Yeah.
1: Right. But what you cannot get from that video is the scent of the room.
2: Oh, uh, see?
1: <laughs> see? <laughs> that was the first thing that hit me as soon as Oof, we opened the doors. A wall of...
2: Woof. We're all miserable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's the difference between me and you, Maren. That's the only difference between me and you is I stuck around to help stack chairs or whatever needed to happen. Yeah. And then... As soon as it was like, all right, we're done. I was like, see ya. <laughs> between that moment, we're done. And me in my car was about seven seconds. Yeah, Because yeah. They're like, well, what about the disco? I'm like, I'll hear about it sometime. <laughs> sure. I'm out of here.
1: Yeah, I didn't like stay and dance yeah. for a long time. But like, I experienced a little bit of it. I wore some yeah. headphones. I found the songs. And then I mm-hmm. also went home. But yeah, yeah. I'm exhausted. That's what's yeah. new with me.
0: Uh, here's what's new with me. Yeah. We're going out of town this weekend.
1: Yeah, you and are. we
0: have- a house sitter. <laughs> oh, uh, you know him well, Barry, he house sat for you. Oh, Mr. Mr. Gaffern. Jaden Gaffron. Wow. And so this has been a journey for me because <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Lauren, Lauren and I have been looking cause we have a dog named Judy and she's pretty low maintenance. She's a bulldog, but, um, we need someone to watch the dog. We're yep. going out of town for three days yep. for a wedding. And, uh, so we're like, I don't know. We don't know. What about Jaden? Cause we knew that he watched your farm yeah. while you guys were gone. It's like, all right, well we'll talk. And so I've been working with Marin. Marin's been the in between the go between.
1: And I've been against it from day one. Why? I don't know <laughs> why you didn't just
0: talk to Jaden directly. Oh, well here's why. Because I am of the belief that talking to a teenager, uh-huh. I don't know, may, maybe not. Maybe after my, after my experience with these youth this past weekend, <laughs> but like, When I was a teenager, if any adult asked me to do anything, I'd be like, "Yeah, sure." Because you're an adult. Just never. I'm not going to tell you no. Sure, but if you're my mom, I'll tell. If my mom's like, "Hey, do you want to go do this thing for this other adult?" But no, I don't want to do that. But if the adult asked me themselves, I'm like, "Uh, okay." (laughs) I think you might
1: actually have that backwards in the case of (laughs) Jaden Gafford.
0: So for Jaden, yeah, he would tell you no before he would tell his mom. So for Jaden, I'm like. Marin, I need you to feel this out. Like, let me know if he's into this idea or not to watch the house and the dog for a couple of days. And she's like, yeah, he's into it. And so I was like, okay. Lauren's like, hey, I need you to give like details to Jaden. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to feel him out during youth because he's drumming and I'm in the band and we're going to have time <laughs> during youth Con to talk about this. And so I go to Jaden uh, Friday night. And I'm like, Hey man, I hear you're, uh, coming over to watch the dog and friends of the pot are not going to be able to see this, but I hope you can describe the face I am. about to make. Yeah, he, this is good. I'm like, Hey man, I think you're, uh, coming over to watch the dog. Is is that right? And he, he goes, yeah, yeah. What closes his eyes. Yeah, He closes <laughs> his eyes, like nods his head just a little bit. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Oh, he does <laughs> not want to do this. Oh. And so, and, uh, I'm, I go, Oh, well, she's like super low maintenance and you're <laughs> barely going to see her. And he goes, mm-hmm, yeah, OK. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, he closes no. his eyes both times and like barely nods. And I'm like, oh, this guy does not. Marin has given me false information. He does not want to <laughs> do this. He hates you right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so I go to Maren and Maren's like, that's just how he is. Like, that's just what he says. And she put him to the test. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Jaden, come here. Oh, man. Do you want to go to Slapfish? His which like, is favorite seafood. Favorite restaurant. And Love seafood. He goes, yeah.
1: No. Yes, <laughs> no. Yes, he did. Eyes, wide. eyes wide open, no. a little
0: excitement coming out of his voice. No, no. Direct no. eye contact. You're, you're, you're
1: getting that wrong. I asked him two things. Yeah, do you want to go to First I said, uh, your favorite band is like touring. Yeah. Do you want to go goes, see your favorite yeah. band? And and then his eyes got wide. His eyes will get wide for music. But I asked him about the slapfish thing and he was like, Yeah, okay. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, yes, because <laughs> when all of this was said and done, I did offer to take him to Slapfish like officially. And you know what he chose? Bagels.
0: Bagels. Bagels over yeah. his
1: like favorite or food. Or as
0: Amy Christie would say, bagels. Ba- <laughs> <laughs> so we're like getting the house ready yeah. for Jaden's arrival. Um, he's 18. Yeah. So we're like, all right, what does an 18 year old need? And Lauren and I have different ideas of what an 18 year old needs. She's Uh like, we gotta spend the week cleaning the house. Uh huh.
1: That's the last thing my son needs, Lauren. If you're listening, (laughs) please stop cleaning. I beg you to stop cleaning. You
2: need to give Jaden a
0: list of things to clean. There you go. Um, and then we, I was working with Marin last night on a grocery list. Uh huh. Oh, you're stocking the yeah. We're stocking the fridge in the yeah pantry, and it's and I go, Marin, what is what what. Does (laughs) Jaden, we're going to get him some food. What does he want? And she just replied, eggs and bagels.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that is not. When he, when he is left to cook for himself, he is cooking breakfast. He is having a bagel with cream cheese or he's having some kind of like egg sandwich, maybe. And the egg sandwich is like when he really, really wants to put effort into feeding himself. High cuisine. High cuisine. Yeah. Frozen pizzas, Mm -hmm. always a win. He's yeah. the best mac and cheese maker of anyone in our house. He does it right. No one yeah. else follows sounds directions.
2: Sounds like he's already well down the road he's of great. being a and young man, single cereal.
1: Man. Like if you cereal, really yeah. want to bless my son. You're a grown up Cereal boy. of many varieties. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's milk. all the stuff I ate, but it's also all the stuff that my two and a half year old eats. <laughs> well, so
2: All I know, Tyler, is that Jaden did his very first house-sitting assignment was overseeing a 10-acre farm with, with 15, <laughs> yes. 15 creatures to yeah. feed and protect. <laughs> Gird your loins. Yeah, and yeah. he did fine. And, uh, and yeah. I, No, I'm
0: not worried about it. I no. was the
1: most proud of him when I was like, hey, how you doing? You were on your way home, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, when are you getting home? And he's like, I'm good. I'm just finishing the dishes now.
0: My Aww. son washed
2: your dishes. And a single See, tear went down cheek. I don't your know sheet. about yes. you guys, but
0: I'm one of those people that like, I don't want to ask people that are not in my family to do things that I, I wouldn't want to do. Yeah. Or like if I assume or if I sense that somebody doesn't want to do something, I, I get very insecure. Yeah, you do. And so, you have overthought this yeah. thing so more than a I've a ever high, seen anyone high overthink anxiety a anxiety about Jaden coming to my house. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> not because he's going to do a bad job, no, but because yeah. I'm like, he doesn't want to do this. No,
1: he does want to do it. <laughs> but he's not going to tell me no. That is just the way he is. Yeah. Jaden does not... Like I don't know what you were expecting. Like, yeah, man, me and Judy, Woo. we're hanging out. Like that's or never going to be. Keep his dated. eyes open when he says
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see how it goes. We'll report how it it goes. Hopefully, it's a good experience.
1: You're officiating this wedding. Yeah, yeah. I'm officiating I want the you wedding. To report. We back. talked
0: about it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I got some jokes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. Got some jokes. <laughs> oh, you're gonna do great. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, yeah. So that's what's new. But Well, we did a we did a special pod last week. Yeah, for those of you mm-hmm. who There are some people, believe it or not, there are people who do not attend Grace Church that listen to this podcast. Yeah, I believe it. And if they did not attend weekend of service last weekend, that was probably one to probably skip. Probably not for you. <laughs> we're back. Yeah, here we <laughs> are. But, uh yeah, I thought it was a I thought it was better than what I expected. I don't know if you guys listened to it.
2: I listened to it and I kept hearing my nose whistle the whole time. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Although I did find out that sound right there. I don't know what happened, but my wife must have listened to it today and she was like, You left my interview out. Because we we (gasps) did interview her. Oh, and she's the only one that oh, didn't no. make it. Oh, <laughs> are you serious? I did it.
1: wonder that because yeah. we we got way more footage than we could possibly use yeah. Yeah. in an hour long episode. And yeah. I did wonder if someone would tune in to hear their segment. Ooh. Yeah. And then, like, just Lauren.
0: Just your only wife. Lauren. Yeah. Only Lauren. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, all right, that's what's going on. So, another thing going on, we are kicking off a new sermon series. Yeah, we are here yeah. at Grace Church and uh focused on Jonah and what would you say <laughs> xenophobic nationalism. Xenophobic yeah. nationalism. that's that's what he deals with. Yeah. Yes. And we've talked about this a couple of weeks, but there isn't a bigger discrepancy in the like stories you hear about the Bible as a child and sure. stories you hear about the Bible as an adult than Jonah and the whale. Right.
1: You think that's the biggest one?
0: Yeah. Okay. I have another one that you're like, Mm. I hear about this all the time when I'm a kid, but when I grow up.
2: Noah's Ark. Every time you hear about Noah's Ark growing up, it's about how there's all the animals getting on the Ark and how cool there's all the different animals. It's not about the judgment of God on humanity and the
0: destruction of all living things. They
1: came on by animals. (laughs) what
0: (laughs) (laughs) What I mean is... I can remember a sermon about Noah's Ark. Sure. I cannot remember mm. a sermon about okay. Jonah. Hmm. So like you hear about it all the time as a kid. It's like, there's like the rotation of like really popular stories, mm-hmm. but then you become an adult. It's like, you that, don't one hear just, about that one, one. just right. fades out. Yeah. Yeah. Jonah
1: just fades into the yeah. obscurity of like Habakkuk or Obadiah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. a minor prophet. He's nestled
0: in there with the other minor <laughs> yeah. prophets. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I've been looking forward to this because yeah, it's been a long time since I've actually like paid attention to what happened sure. to Jonah. So Barry, you gave the message, but uh, before we d- talk about this week's particular sermon, yeah, why are we talking about Jonah? Well, I,
2: so I, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast. I don't really know. It was, <laughs> it, it's a combination of, I, as I was looking at the past sermon series and I, there were a couple things I was feeling a need for us to kind of return to one yeah. of which was the old Testament. We've been in the new Testament a lot and I, feel like it's really important to make sure we're looking at the whole bible yeah. especially as we equip our people to to engage with the bible on their own. Second thing is we really hadn't for a little while looked at one specific book of the bible. Mm-hmm. We we did a section with in Mark uh, I think, right? Looking at in August, maybe looking at the different stories from one part of Mark, but we hadn't really like looked at one whole book in a while. And so I thought, you know what, Jonah is actually something I've never preached on before and would be interesting. There's a lot to dig into. And I think it's possible that the, that each sort of week has a little bit of something different for us rather than one big idea that we're trying to ram home for the Mm -hmm. whole book. It's like, well, each chapter kind of brings a different different idea different to the body. forefront so yeah. i thought it would be just interesting and and fun to kind of explore that story yeah. and mm. and let it let it speak to our our world all right so that's why Jonah, uh, beyond that <laughs> don't nothing nothing too specific okay. so
0: so i want to talk about this week's sermon and then i want to talk about ira in ukraine Yes, yeah, i wanted absolutely. to bring ira on to the show mm. yeah um but she left right they're She's not here on her way yeah. so that didn't work out but i want to talk about that moment and how yep. perfect that was of a of a tie-in and connection to the people of grace. So anyways, what was kind of the big idea of this past weekend sermon that you wanted people to walk away with? Well, I guess one of the
2: things that I wanted to try to get across is the idea that at its core, at its root, Jonah is a story about the grace of God. Mm -hmm. It's not about, there's a lot of like God's judgment, you know, on Jonah for disobeying, on he's he's going to judge Nineveh for being this evil city, etc. Yeah. But at the end of the day, in every case, it's God's grace which sort of concludes the story. God mm-hmm. does not banish Jonah to a watery grave. He rescues him from death and reconnects him with his purpose and his calling. God does not blast Nineveh from the earth. He gives them a second chance when they repent. So it's, it's God's grace that sort of is the the backdrop to this whole story. Yeah. Specifically for this week at, weekend, though, we're looking at chapter one in Jonah, which is sort of Jonah flees from the Lord, and the storm comes, he's thrown in the sea, gets eaten by the fish and brought back mm-hmm. to his calling. And so looking at that, it really got me thinking about our calling. What is our posture towards the call of God on our lives? And my sort of takeaway for us. My encouragement is, um, God's grace is enough. He'll get us back on track of our calling. If we, very uncomfortable. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. If we, <laughs> little if we, uh, trigger premature, if we, uh <laughs> reject the call of God, his grace is still enough for us to get back on track. But yeah. what if we didn't have to, what if we said yes? What if we, mm. even in the midst of a terrifying calling or something that seems way too big for us, what would it mean if we had a posture of saying yes to the call of God on our lives? And that call I described as, you know, following the, the healing purpose, uh, healing the six broken places of the world. Yeah. That, that's something that God has shaped for each one of us. The question is, are we willing to step into that or not? So my, I guess the bottom line is my, my big idea was say yes. When God calls, just say yes.
1: Yeah. You juxtaposed Jonah to Isaiah. Isaiah, right. who said, "Here am I, send me," yes. and Jonah, mm-hmm. who was like, "Nope, not
2: gonna go." Yeah, and he fled from the presence of the Lord. Right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So I, I, I get distracted very easily. Uh huh. And whenever I'm sitting in a sermon, I'm like, "Oh, he just said this thing." I start asking myself questions, and then I t- kind of tune out. Sure. Because I'm asking myself these questions, and I don't have answers. So what the the version of this that happened to me this past weekend is. You're talking about Jonah's being called to Nineveh. First yep. of all, Nineveh is a word that I can never spell correctly.
2: <laughs> I know. I actually had trouble with it too. When I was starting to write it more, I was like, and I, and <laughs> I, no, and I v e Yeah. Yeah. And I am.
0: Okay. So, Second of all, the question I was, you're like, he's being called here, but he doesn't want to go. And so he's not doing it. And right. I was like, you know, I only ever hear calling stories from people who are living their calling. Sure. Has mm. there ever been a person that's like, I was called by God. Like at the end of their life, they're like, I was called by God to do this thing and I didn't do it. I just said no. (laughs) Right. I've never heard that version.
1: And Mm. I just said no.
0: (laughs) And I fled from it.
1: I I, feel like I I have a version of that in my story that I've shared a mm -hmm. a few times over. But for me, it was, I said no three times and then I went. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know anybody who at the end of their life is just like, I said no, I meant no, and it was no forever the end. Or like, but like,
0: I am. I am someone who is not living my calling. I know I'm called to mm. something, and I'm not doing it. And I I don't I, hear that ever. I
2: do. Mm-hmm. I do hear that sometimes, and it's never. It's not like so matter of fact as that. Yeah. But I hear people say, "I know. I I know I should be doing more. I know God. Yeah. I, you know, I know God wants me to do." It. And often it's framed in this like shame filled. Yeah. I should be doing better, but. I do hear people reflecting on knowing that they were made for more, knowing that there is a purpose Mm -hmm. to their life that they're not really pursuing. There is that sense of reflecting on that, although I don't know that they would necessarily say God called me to X and I said no. You know,
0: so that's what I got distracted by. So I had to watch the sermon like two more times. (laughs) Um, All right. You started the sermon talking about how you believe that this is a parable. Sure. And I wanted to give you a moment to talk about why you chose to start that way. So
2: I kind of want to just nip it in the bud and, and move on the, the, it's easy to get into real muddy waters sitting there talking about, well, there aren't large, large fish that size enough to, to have someone live inside their bellies for three <laughs> days in the Mediterranean. It's not yeah. possible. Or, yeah. well, there's no historical record of Nineveh ever changing their ways and and mm. right after this moment, Nineveh or Assyria invades Israel and becomes the the big bad guy again. So it's like I didn't want to get caught up in all that yeah and mm. even if it was true and it's all true, which is totally possible, it doesn't matter because it's written as a parable. It's written in such a way where all of the ridiculous things that happen are brought to extreme degrees and all yeah. like for example, Uh, I kind of listed off some things. There's like like outlandish situations and ridiculous commands. The king of Assyria, when Jonah shows up, he says, in 40 days, Nineveh is going to be destroyed. And the king of Nineveh immediately leaves his throne, repents and orders that every single person in Nineveh wear sackcloth to show their repentance, everybody fasts and including all the animals. So all of a sudden, all Mm. the livestock of Nineveh are wearing sackcloth. Like (laughs) maybe that, that is, that happened, but regardless, it's such an extreme thing. And it's so immediate that it just, it brings it into this like extreme. It's like, it's over the top. The book is over the top.
1: I'll be honest. That is the part where I got distracted uh-huh. and spent the rest of the nine fifteen serving going. Wait, what? It's a what? Yeah, yeah. it's a I, what? As soon
0: as you said that, I got a text message from somebody that said, "Ooh, this is gonna ruffle feathers."
1: <laughs> it might, and it. And <laughs> well, it, and I think part of that is because I know one, maybe two people, yeah, who are thinking. There's not a fish large enough in the Mediterranean. Right. The vast majority of us are like, okay, cool. So then this is a cool miracle. Sure. And then we just move on. Right. But there's a smaller maybe subset of people who are like, wait a minute. And they're approaching the story from a skeptical well, yeah. vantage point.
0: That's how I do it.
1: Yeah. I said there are one, maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think they're both sitting
0: right here. And I would, <laughs> And
2: I would say, yeah. and I would say, my uh, yeah, my exposure is to a lot more folks that would say the Bible's full of it's just fairy mm-hmm. tales. Like I it's was all just...
1: sitting next to somebody who said, "Wait a minute, I thought that was real."
2: Yeah, and it and again, it could be. I'm not saying it's not. Yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that the genre. It's just like saying if we say that the Good Samaritan is a parable, that doesn't mean there never yeah. was a Good Samaritan. That's right. But... but
1: Jesus set that up as a story. I don't see Jonah set up as, and here is a story True. about, and here is the parable of, right. it's just kind of in that book of the, or not book, but in with like the 12 minor prophets, Sure, Jonah is the only, I think he's the only one of the 12 minor prophets who's also named in the Quran. It's just a little fun fact for oh, you. Interesting. But yeah. And then Jesus talks about the sign of Jonah, yeah. you know, and so Which we can
2: get into, there's a lot there, but yeah.
1: That is the point at which I got distracted and had to just start digging about, well, how do I feel about Jonah? Mm -hmm. And is it okay for some of us to think like, yep, that really happened. And for some of us to think, "Mm, I think that's more of a parable. I think that that absolutely is okay. And it's one of the things I love about our church, Mm -hmm. that we're always a safe place to ask questions like Mm -hmm. this. And it inspired me to do some digging. One of the things as I went and grabbed as many commentaries as I could find, I, one of the things I read was that Assyria had been hit by some kind of crazy plague
2: mm-hmm.
1: right prior to the yeah. Jonah on the scene. I'd, heard, I'd read that too. And that there was um, some kind of like lunar thing that happened, mm-hmm. that those two signs probably primed the pump for the fast repentance sure. of the king of Assyria. Sure. Like we've already had these other calamities happen. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. He's prophesying another one. Please don't let that happen. How sure. about everybody just repent and right. we'll avoid it? this catastrophe. Right.
2: Well, it's yeah. And absolutely. And, and so like, I mean, I could, I could argue both sides there. Yeah. I saw people said that, why is it called Nineveh, not Assyria? Well, because there was a, a brief window where Assyria had faced a downturn in its mm-hmm. fortunes. And so perhaps the, the empire was not as as widespread at that time and so Nineveh was more of a weakened capital before it regained its its strength so maybe it was during that time when this all happened which is why there's no historical records of it like those those kinds of things all i was trying to get across by getting into this question of it being a parable is well two things one i don't want to get us caught up in those kinds of questions mm-hmm. especially for the skeptics in our midst who are not going to listen to the story if they think we, they have to believe yeah that Jonah spent I mean, like I immediately this is where my mind goes. If I'm like, all right, if it was a giant fish, then how did he breathe? God would have had to provide a miraculous source of oxygen. If it was a whale that was coming up for air, that would not translate to air in the whale's stomach. He would have been drowning in stomach acid or whatever <laughs> whales have in there. So like, <laughs> yeah. so like, like we have an image of Pinocchio with the ship out right. down in the, but like yeah, it's just right. a big cavern. literally yeah. it's, if if it was a whale, that's a mammal. Imagine someone going yeah. into your stomach and surviving for three days, <laughs> nine months, nine months. Well, that's not your stomach. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So Jonah went into the womb of a, of a whale. Yeah, God exactly. Ruled. And, and so like, that's where my mind goes when I read a story like that. And I, it, you just have to add miracle upon miracle yeah. upon miracle. And I just think that's not the point. I don't think that's, yeah, the, that's point. the point. Um, personally, and I, I, I always say this, I could be wrong. I got my first draft of a shirt that says I could be wrong <laughs> screen printed the other day. Um, I just think it, so that's one thing it's, is that I don't want to get us caught up in those questions. Yeah. But the other thing is, even if it's all literal, and all did happen. If you look at the way that it's written, it is in, clearly intent to, intended for us to to meditate on and it and chew on and think about it is nothing like any of the other minor prophets. Mm. None of the other ones are written in this format. In
1: that biographical. Yeah. Yeah. This, these are not the words of Jonah. This is a story about Jonah. Right.
2: Right. Think about how the parable of the lost son ends, right? The, the, the older son is out in the field. The father comes out and says, isn't it right for Mm -hmm. me to, to, to celebrate my son was lost. And now he's found essentially leaving it open. Are you going to come in and join the party? We don't hear the conclusion. Jonah ends with Jonah saying, yeah, I'm angry enough to die. And God says, isn't it right for me to have mm-hmm. compassion on this people? There's, there's 120,000 people here and also many animals. Shouldn't I have compassion on them? And then the story ends. You don't hear Jonah responds. It, mm-hmm. it reads like a parable, even if it's all based on historical events. Perhaps there are historical events that are embellished for the sake of storytelling, for the sake of meditation. But that's, that's my take on it. And I think it, it actually enhances the story when we let, let it be a parable or a morality play or a fable that gets us thinking because it is less about some stuff that happened to some old guy a long time ago and more about what's my heart's response to what God's doing in this world. I mean, shoot in, in week four, we're going to talk about how Jonah in his hatred of the Ninevites is so, he's so overwhelmed with a desire to see them burn that he rejects the compassion of God. He literally does not, he's not willing. He's angry enough to die rather Mm. than see God's mercy shown to those Mm. people. Mm. Tell me that doesn't speak to our hearts when it comes to our, what we think. And he, this is all things that like his hatred of the Gentiles and of the enemies of God can be framed as a positive thing if you're an Israelite living at that time. And yet it's ignoring the very nature of the God that you're claiming to serve. So that's something for us to chew on and wrestle with. Uh yep. in a big way. So and Jonah's the only minor prophet that doesn't like obey God. Like he disobeys. That's like the whole point. And so yeah. I yeah. think it's really it's important for us to pay attention to. And and yeah, anyway. Yep. But I'm just saying it doesn't matter. And I was kind of trying to hope hopefully yeah. say that and then move
0: on. Keep on moving. Too bad. We're on between Sundays. No, <laughs> that's what, no. I was hoping we'd talk <laughs> yeah. about it here. I just mean in, in the series. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Uh the the part about the parable for me is. Most parables, like you're reading it on the Bible, in the Bible, and it's like half a page. Mm. Sure. (laughs) Sure. it's like.
1: It's an entire book unto itself.
0: Four chapters. I just imagine somebody telling it and being like, all right, already, like wrap it up.
2: It is really short, though. It's only two pages in my Bible, left and right. Like you. Can, oh, really? It's only. It's really it's short. Four, four chapters. chapters. Well, I, yeah, I used the
0: phone. You're scrolling. Just... Yeah, no,
2: no. You're
1: scrolling. Literally and scrolling. Look, Here, this
2: <laughs> is this is Jonah. That's the oh, whole book. I'm well, yeah, that's better. There it wow, is. that's
1: some real small print. I'm well,
2: kidding. I'm kidding. Got young, yeah, young, <laughs> un, I've got those young. She's forty. Young. I've got those young thirty something eyes. <laughs> until March, uh, um, there's a
0: couple things that stand out to me about just this chapter and Jonah. I think maybe in general. Um, number one, I think. Um, it's clear it, it, when I hear about this, it, it was clear to me that there's a gap between what Jonah knows about God and how Jonah lives. Yeah. I never even thought about that. And when I put it that way, mm-hmm. Jonah's a lot like me or a lot like us. Like he knows, he knows God created the sea and dry land, but he tries to flee from God by going to the sea. So like, he yeah. know the things he knows and be, like says he believes is mm. different than how he chooses to live. He knows God is merciful, but he doesn't see that that's a good thing when it comes to mm. Nineveh. Yeah, right. And so that's number one. That's the first thing that stood out to me. The second thing that stood out to me, um, and this is a product of, of grace church, I think, but it sounds a lot um, like when someone tells a story and warning Israel, once again, um like all the stories about Israel yeah, and it's like holding a mirror up to the, to the Israelites. And it's like the Israelites are kind of known for getting commissioned and called to be a blessing to the ends of the earth. Like that's what they were supposed to be. I mean, you, you used your magnet board, like that's, that's (laughs) what it was all supposed to do. Um, but they time and time again, choose to focus on themselves or become idolaters or becoming faithless and all these things. And, and this story sounds like that Mm. to me. Like Nineveh isn't a Jewish city, but Jonah doesn't want to go partly because non-Jewish people are evil mm. and deserve God's punishment. And so to me, when I, when I'm hearing this as an adult, I'm like, oh, this is a story of Israel. Jonah
1: represents yeah. a rebellious Israel.
0: Yeah. What do you think about that?
1: I know that that's... <clears throat> There are a couple of different lenses through which to read the story and that is absolutely one of them. Oh, okay. Um, is Jonah a symbol for Christ? Because he goes into the water and oh, you know, descends to the deep. And that's yeah. yeah, that's one of the ways to to view one of the lenses with which to view the story. The other is that it's it's exactly that, that Jonah is uh there to represent mm. a rebellious, wicked Israel yeah. that won't love their neighbors.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I would say yes to both. He is an anti type of Christ. Think about the story of the Jesus calming the storm. He's on a boat. He's asleep mm-hmm, on the boat. Yep. The storm is, is terrifying and everyone's terrified. They call out to God in their, in their case, calling out to Jesus. But what does he do? He wakes up and he calms the storm because he is the God who created the heavens right. and the earth. Right. Like, so that, that's a, that's another parallel. He's an anti type. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. And that's, I think we could get into the sign of Jonah. It's, it's, it's really interesting that mm-hmm. it's the well. We can we can talk about that if you really want, but we could also talk about it next week because I might mention it in my Barry, sermon. Mary, you and
1: I can just schedule a one to one. know, and we we'll t- we'll get can into just talk it. What about, about me. <laughs>
2: no, we'll
0: talk about it next week because I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to bring it up in my message. Okay. So uh, the next thing that st- stood out to me a couple sermon series back, Maren, you preached on the man possessed by unclean spirit mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when Jesus freed that guy, the people who witnessed it or heard about it told Jesus to leave, Mm -hmm. get out of here. Yeah. That's in stark contrast to how these Gentile shipmates respond when they see the work of God. I mean, verse 14, it says that the sailors pleaded to God in verse 16, it says that they were awestruck at God's power and vowed to serve him. These are two completely different responses by two different groups of people encountering the authority and power of God. And I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's at all intentional, but it just it, it harkened back to the different ways people respond when they see God's authority and power. Like I remember, be I remember that standing out to me when you mm. talked about that sermon. Like mm. the people who witnessed this spirit, this man being freed. Like they're like, get out of here! Like we don't I, need you here anymore. Get out.
1: Yeah, I think the difference is the sailors were terrified. They were yeah. they were fearing for their lives. They were terrified. And so to throw Jonah overboard and have the sea be calm, they're like, yay, we love you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sparing our lives. Yeah. The, the difference with the people in the Mark chapter with the man with the unclean spirit, they were perfectly fine living with yeah. a man, one man who was tortured living far away from them. Mm-hmm. It was not disrupting mm-hmm. their lives. For Jesus to come and deliver this man disrupted their lives. So they were upset with him and wanted him to go away. They were not relieved that he came and he saved this man. Like the sailors were relieved that, you know, Mm -hmm. the God of Jonah spared their lives. Mm -hmm. They they weren't, yeah, they weren't approaching it from a place of relief and gratitude. They were approaching it from a, why did you just throw our pigs off a cliff? Please leave.
0: (laughs) As anyone would. As anyone would. Absolutely. Uh, Another thing that stood out and was kind of weird Is it's weird to me that the sailors or are they sailors? Sure, shipmates freak out and decide to cast lots to determine whose fault it is that there's a storm. Right. In the ancient
2: understanding, casting lots is a perfectly legitimate and very effective way of finding out the truth.
1: They did the first thing they would know to do. Like Like, whose fault is this? That's how you'd better
2: cast lots. Right. Now we all think that's (laughs) ridiculous, but that's what. That's what they would do. And I wonder what the success rate of that was. In this case, it worked (laughs) according to the story. They all, it all pointed to Jonah and he's like, "Ah, I knew it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the last thing that stood out to me, Jonah's running from God. Um, but he's kind of the last person to understand what's going on. Like he, I, and so I put that and I was like, that's usually the case for, for people that I know that I would say are running from God. They're usually the last person to really understand what's going sure. on. Everybody else can see this person is turning away from God. Hmm. What?
1: No, you're right. That's a sad story.
0: Like everybody else can <laughs> yeah. see it. Like you yeah, yeah. are walking away from God, but that person is, has no idea. But he was hmm. the last person. The shipmates, after they heard what Jonah believed, they knew at that point that he was running from God. And Jonah didn't put it together until he was like, throw me overboard. Right.
2: Uh, what I love... Is that the narrator, the narrator waits until, uh, where is it? Um, oh shoot. Where is it? There's a, there's a, a line at which, you know, I have attended church several times. (laughs) (laughs) Where is it? There's a part where he says they, they, it, the revelation is that he told them when he got on the boat, he was running away from his God. Yeah. Uh, Where is that line? Help me out here. Uh, Oh my gosh! Made it up. It's not that long. That was very uncomfortable. Anyway, uh, we can do this. I am here. Okay. All right. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm just gonna take a little. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Verse ten. Verse ten. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Cut all that out. Yeah. (laughs) The sailors were verse ten. The sailors were terrified when they heard this. They had already identified Jonah with the casting lots. For the sailors were terrified that he said, "I'm I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, the, the who made the sea and the land." They're terrified, for he had already told them. He was running away from the Lord. So he came onto the boat and they're like, hey, what are you doing here? And he's like, yeah, I'm running from my God. They're like, yeah, (laughs) okay. And then there's this huge storm and then they finally cast lots to figure out who's the cause of this. And then it turns to Jonah, the camera pans to him and he's like, sorry guys, it's (laughs) my fault. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. How else
1: would they have known to say, get up and pray to your God? Right. You know, hey, my name's Jonah and I'm I'm running from the Lord. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives.
0: Right. I don't know why he wasn't just like, maybe we should turn around. His first thing was like, throw me overboard. He
1: did not want to go. <laughs> that was no, turn back to where he
0: came from. Like, like an maybe even we should- more
1: selfish act. Like not only did he not want God to spare Nineveh. Right. He didn't want them to turn the boat back. Why? He would, he would rather die selfishly. (laughs) Yeah. Then have God. He
2: says it it himself later in, in chapter four. Is it right for you to be angry about this? And he's just like, yeah, angry enough to die. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if, if what I predicted will not happen. So yeah, he's not a, he's not a a fan of living to see something different than his plans go
0: through. So you said God was merciful because he provided the fish. Yeah. And when I heard that, I was like, "I would rather die than be in the fish." <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Well, in the narrative, in the
2: in the <laughs> narrative of the story, yeah. what Jonah has done yeah. deserves death. What God does is spare him from that yeah. consequence. Yeah, which is grace and mercy.
0: Yeah. Uh, those are the things that stood out to me. Um, what What about you, Marin? Anything that you want to cover before we go to Ukraine?
1: Before we go to Ukraine. <laughs> Um, well, Barry said it in the beginning, this, the story isn't about the wrath and judgment of God. It's about his mercy and his compassion yeah. and his grace. Um, overall, whether you think it's literal or whether you think it's a parable, the question is what is the message? Why is mm-hmm. Jonah? Why are these four chapters in our Bible?
2: Yeah. Right. That what is, is the this
1: story trying to tell us? Why was That's this, the part why that was matters. this
2: scroll? handed down from generation to generation to generation. Yeah. That, yeah, That's what I always think when you wonder why is this in the Bible? That's right. Some spiritual ancestors of ours felt that it was so important that this get passed on, that it became scripture. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: yeah. Yep. That's the part that matters. What, what are we supposed to glean from this story? What yeah. are we supposed to learn? Um, and I think that this is going to be a challenging four weeks. Why is that? Because it's a story about, Forgiving the unforgivable. Mm -hmm. If you think about like what you had said that the Assyrians were known for. Yeah. It's unthinkable. Their, their crimes and what they were, how they were terrorizing people. And yet God in his great compassion and mercy would have mercy on them. Right. Like that's outrageous. And I think that this story is intended to show us how, unbelievably mind-blowing his yeah. mercy and compassion is that it would even extend yeah. to like the most vile of human beings, the yeah. worst of the worst, if they repent mm-hmm. and they did, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so and I just that think that though, that's going to be challenging for a lot of people to hear.
0: Even that part though, I'm parsing and I'm saying, if I was Jonah, I'd be like, God forgives you, but I don't. Mm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. out of here.
2: Well, that's one of the reasons Jonah is so re- reluctant. It's because he doesn't want to play a part in their yeah. repentance. Yeah, he doesn't want to be used by God to give them an out. Yeah. he wants them to burn. Yeah. So even that, you, he may not have. He doesn't ever change his heart. He yeah. wants them to burn from start to finish. He just simply doesn't want to go back into the belly of the fish. So he's yeah. going to go and give the message he's here to give.
0: Yeah, it'll. You're right, Marin. It'll be interesting because I, I don't. Well, I'll ask the question in a minute. Like, where are we going? But I remember when Dave Rodriguez was here and he was preaching, I I don't remember the scripture he was preaching on, but I remember he was talking about forgiveness and it was forgiveness. unless there's evil, unless the person is like literally evil. Mm. And I remember like there being a distinction and he like talked about the difference between somebody who's wronged you and somebody who's evil. Um,
1: Yeah. I remember that. So
0: I am curious how that's going to, what questions will be raised? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, the further we get into it. All right, let's turn, uh, the corner a little bit and talk about mission to Ukraine. You spent, I don't know, 10 minutes of your, Mm -hmm. if your sermon talking about somebody who has answered the call. Yeah. Um, it's so
2: funny by the way, about hearing you guys reflecting on different parts of a sermon. You said that I said that at the beginning that was like squarely in the middle of my message. You what? said I spent 10 minutes oh, and no, it was no, like no. five.
1: No, Nay, nay. I said at the beginning of this podcast, that's what oh, I meant. Oh, sorry. When, when you were setting up what you talked about, But that's, that's happened said. before.
2: Sometimes it's like, you'll and be, I like, don't know what like, I'm like, talking
0: about. So 10 <laughs> minutes well, no. could be five. I don't know. No, I'm just, it's just funny how,
2: how people experience your message versus what yeah. you, how you experience it. Yeah, I told it. you, you true? I was
0: distracted and I was like... <laughs> Anyway,
2: but I've heard you say things like, yeah, well, you had like a five point outline. I was like,
0: did I? I don't think- <laughs> anyway, sorry, sorry, yeah, go, ahead, could, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. So you talked about somebody who answers the call or has answered the call for yeah. now 25 years and is serving the unseen in Ukraine. Yeah. And that's Ira Vanglovska, who is the director of Mission to Ukraine. She's one, uh, Mission to one of our partners here at Grace Church and particularly is relevant to talk about because of what's going on in that country right now where mm-hmm. they have chosen to stay mm-hmm. in the region yeah. of where they've always been. Jatomer. they didn't move they didn't move to like a safer location. They are in Jatomer. Yeah. That literally got bombed last night. So it did. Uh they're there and they are still answering the call. The whole staff's there. They're answering the call of um of this call from God. And so you brought Ira up to talk about a little bit about that and her experience. So what, what did you, what did you gather from that discussion or uh, interaction you had with her?
2: Yeah. Well, this actually goes way back. Ukraine was my first official place that I went for world next door. I had done like a little, little trip to do some research in Kenya. And then I went to Ukraine. And so it was the first experience doing what I did for, you know, eight years before becoming a pastor was yeah. started with Ukraine. And it so transformed me to see. I mean, it was God knew what he was doing sending me there first. Cause what yeah. I saw, what I encountered was a whole group of people, era chief among them, who have just absolutely dedicated themselves to what God has put in front of them. To which, I mean, in their culture, in their time is not like, this was not an easy thing to do. Yeah, they were giving up a lot to focus on this. I, at the time, uh, a lot of the there there were a lot of women on staff admission to Ukraine. Most of them were single. Yeah, and what they explained to me was that a lot of the Ukrainian men didn't know what to do with them because mm. they were yeah. getting it done. They were caring for people. They were compassionate. They they weren't interested in just sort of sitting around. I don't know what so and so. They were giving up the opportunity to find like spouses they were they were looked at as weird for the kinds of things they were focusing on yeah uh they were you know facing ridicule it it is truly profound what they were doing even Mm -hmm. 25 years ago Mm -hmm. and ever since they just continued to grow they've they've pushed back against uh some post-soviet cultural trends and thoughts about disabilities they they've uh worked to find favor among i mean abortion clinics of all places to bring love and care and, and compassion to the, to the mothers to the, like to walk with yeah. them. They've put their money on the line. It's profound. So Ira is just a chief example of what it's like to say yes, to say here I am, send me when God calls
0: yeah despite the fear. That's, that's what I took away. I mean, yeah. just hearing her talk about that. When I walked into the building on Sunday, she was one of the first people I saw in the lobby and she goes, Barry's in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I said, why? She goes, Did you see what happened in service? And I thought something must have happened. No. Because I knew what was I knew what the moment was supposed to be, but turns out she just doesn't like all the attention. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the attention. She she was very uh she was rolling her eyes
2: at me when I called her my hero. Yeah. But it's true. She's one of my heroes of the faith. And so She, and she was very much uncomfortable with all the applause and the the ovation at both services went on and on. It was really cool. It was really
0: cool. Um, I'm on the board of mission Ukraine. And when the war started, you know, we're, we're doing crisis management as the board, we're bringing in crisis management experts uh, because we want to preserve the company, the organization. organization. And so um, one of the things is like, we have to protect era. Because Mm. if Ira, God forbid, gets hurt through this or worse, you know, in this war, like mission to Ukraine will suffer significantly. Mm. And so we were saying to Ira, you got to get out and you got to get to Germany. You got to go somewhere. Sure. And she did for a minute to get her parents. Yeah. She got her parents into Spain, I believe. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But then her
1: parents wanted to go back.
0: Yeah. So they went back and were like, Ira, you got to, you got to leave you we need to keep you safe she's she's refused she was like i am i do i I i'm empty if i live anywhere if i go anywhere else i Mm. need to be in Jatomer. yeah and um just seeing that bravery
2: Mm.
0: time and time again especially through the war it's been incredible and i'm really glad like i don't i don't that it just kind of came up like it wasn't planned months ago to bring her here. Well, we knew, I, we probably could have connected the dots if we'd
2: planned a little farther ahead, but yeah. they had their 25th anniversary or 25th anniversary celebration on Wednesday yeah. night. I had lunch with Ira on Monday and after lunch, I was like, oh my gosh, are you available on Sunday? Yeah. Could we do something in service? So mm-hmm. it was, it it yeah. came together and I'm, and, and then yeah. I thought about what I was speaking about calling and I was like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is, this is a perfect
0: fit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What do you think, Maren?
1: Um, I was trying to take notes even with what she was sharing. Um, I was particularly interested in how a person experiencing missiles and bombing and death everywhere and destruction, how does a person living war pray in a time of war? Mm-hmm. I struggle sometimes to find the words. My words just sound redundant as I'm praying that the war would end, as I'm praying for protection. And of course, those are the things that she's asking us to pray for, even as she left um, after the 11 o'clock service on Sunday um, and I'm hugging her goodbye and she's just imploring me not to stop praying, Mm. keep praying, keep praying. Oh my goodness. And so it was, it was profound for me to hear her say things like, this is our opportunity to shine brighter. Mm. In in the darkest kind of darkness, she has, she carries with her that light, that kind of like resilient optimism. This is our opportunity to shine brighter. Mm -hmm. I was also struck by the things that she prayed for mercy, compassion, of course, victory and the word salvation. And she, she used the word salvation many times over. And I think in our culture, we hear the word salvation and we think, yes, Lord, you saved me. Thank mm-hmm. you, Lord, for dying on the cross. You, mm-hmm. you died to give us salvation, bring us salvation. But she was using that word in terms of like a, a victory.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Bring us your victory. Um, And I just want to read, I want to read eight scripture verses. Can I do that? Mm-hmm. Eight? Eight of them. Mm-hmm. We, Psalm, we Psalm chapter three. <laughs> New King James. And I want to read this in light of of Ira, of what she shared, of how she's asking us to pray, Um, Mm -hmm. this is where I feel led. Lord, how my enemies have increased. This is Psalm chapter three. How my enemies have increased. Many are rising up against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him Mm -hmm. in God. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. I was crying out to the Lord with my voice, and he answered me from his holy mountain. I laid down and slept, and I awoke, for the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, Lord, and save me, for you have struck my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be upon your people. So those are the kinds of prayers that I'm praying for Ukraine, especially Mm -hmm. as she used that word salvation Mm -hmm. in that way. And many are saying there is no salvation, Mm -hmm. but she knows that there is. And that's why she stays in the fight and just asks that we would join her in praying for that very thing, for the salvation that we already know belongs to the Lord.
0: And she and, and others at mission to Ukraine, um, so they're looking they're they're always looking for examples of God's goodness even in the midst of sure darkness and they're always look they're always doing it so the, a recent example is there's somebody on staff who has worked there for a long time but it's been resistant to surrendering their life to God war started I don't I don't know all the situations or circumstances that led this person to su- surrender his His life to to Christ, but he did. And four months—that's what we heard about from Mission mm-hmm. to Ukraine. It's mm. we've been praying for this person for years and years and years, sure. and they have surrendered their life and praise God that this is happening. And like, mm-hmm. I have got a million questions about like the war, and mm-hmm. they're like, I know the war is happening, but this person is, yeah. <laughs> he's, yes. with, he's surrendered his life to Jesus. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I don't know any other people like that mm. and they're I know that they exist, but I don't, I don't, I don't have a relationship with too many people like that.
2: It's, it's so powerful to me to think about their mindset in all of this. Like yeah. that's a great example. They are, they are in this whole mission, this whole ministry for the purpose of being the light of of the mm-hmm. world to be the light in Ukraine and that takes many forms from caring for people who are neglected otherwise to praying consistently for someone who is resistant to to turning their lives to Christ to staying open and and providing tangible needs to a terrified mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. who have no support and no no resources like they they are bottom line they are the light and they won't shy away from that which is just profound and yeah it it really i don't know it for me it always brings me back to my own sort of insecurities and fears and i think what what have i to fear yeah mm-hmm. if god is walking with them and strengthening them in the ways that he is, um it, it invites me to consider how i might be more bold in my faith and more mm-hmm. more resolute in my hope and yeah yeah
1: there's somebody here i had lunch with well, I had breakfast with Ira Friday morning. I was super excited because Jed has heard me talk about Ira for mm. years now. And I was just so excited for them to finally meet one another in person. But she said that somebody here stateside who's not a believer was looking for a way to like use their gift in um, like behavioral science. Mm. And th- through just searching the Internet found Mission to Ukraine mm visited Ukraine, I want to say in February. Like oh, wow. something crazy, like this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ira kept repeating, not a believer, not a believer, but more like open to the gospel than ever before and is planning a return trip mm. in October. That light is it's it's extending to people within Zhitomir city limits, but it's also extending beyond the ocean, across the ocean, sure. even to somebody here. I mean, and I just see sovereign God, like connecting yeah. this individual in West Virginia or wherever he's located with mission to Ukraine of all places mm. through an internet search, Sure, you know, and Those are the testimonies that Ira was giving me at breakfast. Like,
2: isn't this cool? Look what God is doing. I could talk for a long time about some of the little, those little, it's like a dandelion seeds on the wind that Mm. Mission to Ukraine is like blowing on the dandelion. Cause I mean, I could tell you the story of, of little Peter who got adopted from Romanov orphanage. I told that story, uh, at the merge winter retreat in 2015 and a, a young couple came up to me in tears saying, we've been wondering about adopting someone with special needs. And they ended up adopting a, a child from Romania. And that was the moment that mm. this hearing that story was what God used to light that fire in their hearts. And then, you know, it, who knows what their story is going to lead to. It's like, it just yeah. keeps multiplying. Like, yeah. a, yeah.
1: She closed her prayer by praying that, that this war would be brought to an end in such a way that the whole world would see God's glory. Yeah. yeah. The whole world would see, Yeah, see God.
2: Yeah. Can I tell you guys my favorite era story? Yeah, I may have told you before, but this I just think this captures Ira's like very she's very uh, humble, quiet, soft spoken. And yet she carries just this incredible weight of authority. So uh, when we were in Ukraine for my that was my second summer internship for World Next Door, your wife. Uh, Lauren was an intern with, with me there. Yeah, And we went out to the Western, we went on a little mid trip retreat to Lviv on the Western side of Ukraine. Didn't take our passports with us because we were just traveling within the country and thought it would be safer to leave him in the safe at MTU. So we're in the Western uh, part of the country. And one of our interns had, I mean, his skin tone might've been a, one shade darker than white as the driven snow like me. Right. So they were, she, he was just slightly darker mm-hmm. skin tone, which to us, we didn't even know. I didn't have, would never have thought of that or mm-hmm. even noticed it. But the, some of the guards at the train station that we were at, they saw him and they thought, Oh, he was, a, he's a gypsy coming across the border from Romania or something like mm-hmm. that. And so they were, they were like, give us your passports. And, uh, we were like, we don't have them. They're in Jatomer. And, and they're like, well, we're going to have to detain you because we don't trust you. Don't believe you. And, and our interpreter is there. She's freaking out. She's like, I, no, no. And I'm, I'm freaking out. Cause like, <laughs> this is the first summer internship I had. Scott quickly had like an AK 47 stuck in his chest and he got pneumonia so bad. He, he almost died. So I'm thinking like, am I cursed? Is this going to happen again? Am I going to have a, one of my interns stuck in a Ukrainian jail? Anyway, so it was getting really severe. Finally, was we get weeping uncontrollable. I it, almost was. And so we finally get Ira <laughs> on the phone and uh, our interpreters talking to Ira. And then we, ha- she hands the phone to the guard and he starts talking and he, he's da da da, And he, he like walks away. He's having this conversation, uh, goes on for, it felt like a long time, but it was probably like five minutes. And he finally walks back, hands the phone back to us and says, you can go. <laughs> and I was like, I don't Case know. Closed. I don't know what she said. Yeah, ear Somehow. She just gets on the yeah. phone with a border guard in, in wow. and she handles it and it's done. So anyway, I,
0: she's the best. She's,
2: she's the best.
0: Uh, all right. So where are we going next? What, what, what's on the docket for week number two?
2: So week number two, chapter two of Jonah, easy, yeah. easy answer. Uh, ch- which chapter is, two which is, is fish belly in the belly of the fish. Yeah. <laughs> Jonah <laughs> essentially prays what is a Psalm of Thanksgiving and, there's interesting sort of things behind the scenes. Like maybe it was a Psalm of Thanksgiving that existed elsewhere that someone inserted into Jonah to make it bring some interesting things to light. Or maybe he had three days. He composed a Psalm of Thanksgiving while he's in the fish. Regardless it, it brings some interesting the interesting things to light because it cynically, it kind of shows that Jonah's not, he's still kind of missing the point on Mm. some things, even though he's, If you take it out of context and just look at the Psalm, it's actually theologically totally in line, but it doesn't exactly show that he's got a heart of repentance or that he actually understands the mercy towards the Gentiles or towards himself at all. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Probably also, I want to talk a little bit about how this concept of being rescued from death connects with the person of Christ. Jesus talked about the sign of Jonah being in the grave for three days, like, How does that kind of connect? And then how does it connect to us? What is it? What's our story as it comes to our redemption and rescue from, from death? So not entirely sure where we're going with it, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what, what God has for us. All right.
0: Uh, yeah, we'll all be here next week. Right. It's not fall break. Are you here? Yeah, I'll be here. I'll be here. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Are you gone?
1: I think I'll be here.
0: Okay. You, all right, we'll figure it out. (laughs) Um, all right, that's it for, uh, chapter number one. So, Maren, will you please send us out? Sure.
1: (laughs) Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God.
0: And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday.